0: his stomach exploded and he died
1: you're already worried about it right i'm anxious yes yeah shelf life of like 2500 years it was made of spider eggs the most famous album cover probably ever
0: i hope you choose your words really carefully now kurt
1: Yep. he was up in the astral planes you Not know that my mother listens to this podcast, <laughs> Kurt. A creepy, funny, bizarre hello to all our smart drivel fans out there. Kurt Schneider, your co host.
0: John Ellenthal, your other co host. I think you may have scared me there, Kurt, with creepy. What's creepy about this episode? Well,
1: There's a lot of creepy things here, John, and if you think about it, you can get more and more and more creeped out. We're going to talk today about urban legends, urban myths, old wives' tales, stuff that people swear is true. Mostly it's not, but people swear it's true, and it's enough of maybe someone's friend, it happened to them, their sisters, brothers, uncles, cousins, teacher, that maybe it is true.
0: So it feels true enough that you can't dismiss it, but it's so bizarre you can't believe it either.
1: Look, they saw footprints of the Yeti.
0: Ah, the precursor to Bigfoot. Tell us about the Yeti, Kurt. That's right up your alley.
1: Well, the Yeti was the Sherpas, which is an ethnicity, not someone who just grabs your bag, but it's a a race of people in the Himalayas, and they happen to be great mountaineers. They swear that they saw this. Creature And they talked about it and the, their words are such that it someone mistranslated into being dirty snowman and therefore didn't like the word dirty. So had abominable, abominable snowman.
0: Yeah, it was like some sort of big shaggy creature with sharp teeth and huge feet. Sounds just like Bigfoot, but the Yeti came first. I don't think Bigfoot actually showed up in America urban mythdom until the late 50s. But it's obviously inspired by the Yeti.
1: For sure. They think that it's an ancestor. And if nothing else, the Yeti has spawned a cooler.
0: Yes, it is. I was just thinking about that. And I can't imagine that name is an accident. So there's no question that this category is defined by Bigfoot and its twin category definer, the Loch Ness Monster. Mm -hmm. Those two are like first ballot Hall of Famers in the land of urban myth pictures taken of the Loch Ness Monster. Which has been debunked, but the Loch Ness Monster, which has been rumored for years, the Scots actually built a road up to Loch Ness so that visitors and tourists can get a clean view at the lake in the hopes of seeing the monster. So it was clearly a big part of the local industry. And what is the Loch Ness Monster's affectionate nickname, Kurt?
1: Uh, Nettie.
0: No, Nellie, Nessie. Nellie, Nellie. Nessie, Nessie, Nessie. So you Nessie. were thinking of the neti pot, which you part was. of your nose, like the Yeti cups and mugs and coolers.
1: I, I had them all conflated. You're right. I was thinking about the neti pot. Nessie, as in Loch Ness, it makes sense. We also, like there was a road that the Scots built to the loch of Loch Ness, loch meaning lake, of course. But talk about waters. There was not a road leading up to the lost city of Atlantis. Also an urban legend?
0: Myth? Who knows? Yes. But how do we know there wasn't a road leading up to? It's lost. No one's ever found it. In fact, Kurt, you could spend the rest of your days trying to find the lost city of Atlantis. Just think about it. It plays to your interest in history, your discovery mindset, your (laughs) expedition-ishness. So... You look, the Titanic has been found. Why can't you find the lost city of Atlantis, Kurt? Who doesn't want to be the next Indiana Jones, John? You know who's not going to spend the rest of their life looking for the lost city of Atlantis, Kurt? Who? Mikey from those old life cereal commercials when we were a kid. You know, yeah. that they said, I don't want to try it. I don't want to try it. Let's give it to Mikey. Mikey, he'll eat anything. And Mikey tries the cereal and Mikey likes it. Yeah, I remember that. However, Mikey meets his untimely end years later when he makes the tragic and fatal mistake of mixing Coca-Cola and Pop Rocks at the same time. And urban legend has it that his stomach exploded and he died.
1: Jeez, is he still alive? No, he died. I bet you he's still alive.
0: Well, I think he's dead in in urban mythdom, in the land of urban myths. But I hope that he's leading a very happy and prosperous life as an adult. And I hope he still eats life cereal because that would be a nice through line.
1: So you always hear about these stories that people say did happen to them or happened to their friend and they swear to it. This did happen to a friend of a friend, I tell you, John.
0: Uh, I'm convinced already.
1: Remember the late 80s, early 90s, the story going around that you'd go out to a bar, you'd have a bunch of drinks, and next thing you know, you passed out. And when you woke up, you were in a bathtub filled with ice, with a big scar missing your kidney, and said, go to a hospital? It happened to a friend of mine's friend. So,
0: Kurt, this could be an excellent example of why hearsay is not admissible in a court of law.
1: It it happened to my friend's friend.
0: Well, just think. These were benevolent perpetrators because they took a body part that you have redundancy in. So they didn't take like your spleen or your liver.
1: I think they took this guy's spleen, but also you don't need your spleen. But I think they took their. His you can't
0: spleen. live without your spleen. That is correct. Everyone knows somebody that unfortunately doesn't have a spleen.
1: We also on that same lines. There was a story when I was studying in England back in 1985 in London. And this was going around the tail of the pubs. It was all the expats. And we were all sitting there studying. We heard this story about a girl from Villanova or Wake Forest or some school, William and Mary. And she was over there doing her semester. And she started dating a British guy, of course. And this guy was a Lord's son. He was of the aristocracy. And the story went that we heard in the pubs, of course, there that she got invited for the weekend to their ancestral home. So she goes. She's very nervous. She's in this huge home. She's meeting the ninth Earl of whatever and his wife. And she has to go to the bathroom. She has to pee. So that is so American. So she says excuse me, there's your bathroom. Now, they thought she just wanted to go to freshen up. So they pointed her down the hallway. Now, in these old homes, a bathroom was just that, John, a room with just a bath. But she was too embarrassed to go back out and said, I really meant to pee instead. So she says, what am I going to do? So she pulls down her pants. She hikes her shirt up and she squats on the sink. The sink, this old, beautiful porcelain sink from the 1600s, then crashes to the ground, knocks her out. And she's, they come in and found her unconscious with pee on the floor, the water erupting from the sink, and her pants around her ankles. That was not a, good, not a good thing. I swear it happened to her.
0: So this is an urban legend that many people know about, Kurt? People who were studying in London in 1985 all heard it. All right. If you, among our listeners, were studying in London in 1985 and heard this story, please back Kurt up with a note to Smart Drivel at Twitter or post on Instagram or anywhere to back up this story, which meets the test of being preposterous. Whether it meets the test of being almost true enough that you can't dismiss it, you decide. Kurt, I mentioned pop rocks, and I somehow can't think of pop rocks without thinking about Bubble Yum. Do you remember Bubble Yum gum when we were little kids?
1: Yeah. A kid on my street, uh, in my neighborhood, her father worked for Lifesavers. And so when it first came out at Halloween, we got Bubble Yum in our bag.
0: You know what? That's so weird you say that because I vividly remember being in the third grade and there was a kid in my class whose father worked for Lifesavers because it was not too far from where you and I grew up in Port Chester, New York. And he brought us was it Susie Cuoco? No, it was, a, it was a boy. I don't really remember his name. I want to go with Bill. Because I was going to say that would be
1: urban legend that Susie went to two schools at the same time.
0: So we would get samples of Lifesaver products, including Bubble Yum. And perhaps that's why I'm so tuned in to Bubble Yum-related urban legends. But there was an urban legend that the reason Bubble Yum was so soft it was. was that it was, it was very soft. Especially compared to
1: the stuff we were used to getting in bazooka, right?
0: Yeah, you're like double bubble. You could really like, you know, break your jaw trying to chew it. But it was very soft. And the reason it was very soft, some would tell you, was that it was made of spider eggs. (laughs) I don't remember that one. That one was, I think that is a well-known. But the interesting thing is the urban legend spread so far and wide that the Lifesaver Company Had to actually take out print ads in places like the New York Times to proclaim that Bubble Yum did not have spider eggs in it.
1: Can you imagine being that person at Lifesavers? Okay,
0: we We got got a problem. problem.
1: (laughs) What are we going to do here? Take out an ad and say, I swear we're not made. We're made with a lot of other shit, but not spider eggs. Just think, how
0: does a company or product manager prepare for something like that, where they are the victim of an urban legend that actually affects sales of the product?
1: Well, how about alka sales must have gone up when when it was told that if seagulls eat them, they explode.
0: Yeah, isn't there one that relates to... Maybe Diet Coke and Mentos, where it has a similar effect of the Pop Rocks with Coke. Any
1: soda with Mentos, yeah. yeah.
0: And then staying in the soda category, we mentioned Dr. Pepper in a recent episode. It has been an urban legend for a long time that Dr. Pepper is made with prune juice. And there are a lot of people who would rather not drink prune juice in their soda. It doesn't sound appetizing, but in fact, Dr. Pepper is not made with prune juice
1: but prune juice is a moving
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: so i have another one to, to talk about here which is and again this is one of the ones that comes from i swear this is true
0: yes i'm sure you know of a friend uh, of a friend who actually this happened to
1: it happened to his father okay father goes home actually was on a business trip so came home early from a business trip right you're already worried about it, right?
0: I'm anxious, yes. Uh,
1: comes home early, sees a sports car in his driveway, convertible. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. She wouldn't. Jumps to the conclusion that his wife was having an affair, goes out, goes to the local cement guy, gets a cement mixture to come and fills the entire sports car with cement. That until was it, hurts and it And guess what? She bought it for him as a gift. She bought it for him as a gift. I'm just impressed that
0: he was able to arrange for a cement mixer on those kinds of time frames. Uh, I bet he felt like an asshole, huh? He certainly did. And this (laughs) happened to a friend's father, huh? Of course. Hey, I feel like sticking with some of the foods from our youth. Twinkies. I was a big Twinkie lover, and I would love right now to have a Twinkie, but I have, uh, yeah, Twinkies. And the urban legend of Twinkies is because it's made with so many chemicals and preservatives and all sorts of other artificial ingredients, it will actually last forever. It is shelf-stable forever. Have you heard that one? Yeah. Shelf-life of like 2,500 years. Do you know what the actual shelf-life life of the Twinkie
1: is? I think it was a half-life, by the way. But anyway, I don't, I don't even know what that meant anyway. So,
0: yeah. The shelf-life. It lasted for 26 days. That's it. So the indestructible, eternal Twinkie, not so much. Now, you'll recall that the Twinkie was made extinct when it was taken out of production a few years back, but it rose from the dead and it was reborn a few years later. And for some reason, it lasts for 45 days. I don't want to know what they changed in the ingredients to extend it. But in either case, 26, 45, a little short of forever.
1: Is Twinkie Hostess? I think so. I think that whole company was bought by like a private equity firm and they brought all the Hostess snowballs. Oh, you remember the Entenmann coffee cakes that were in those plastic
0: things? Those were good. I bet you they'd last a long time. Oh, man. You know what, Kirk? When When they pulled the plug on all of those products, you and I should have bought those brands and we should have brought them back to life and done all sorts of fun stuff with them
1: a lot of private equity firms did. Like, look, Pabst Blue Ribbon never a good beer, but brought back to life and just just the name.
0: Well, it speaks to the power of the brand. I mean, the real asset value in that company was not the beer, the formula, the manufacturing, but they occupied a place in people's brains and hearts and that's why so much of American so much of a company's value is tied up in intellectual property whether it's brands or otherwise.
1: For sure, I mean, Pabst Blue Ribbon. You always think, "Oh my God, I'm going to get a 12 pack and be great," and then you drink it and it sucks. But anyway, I have an urban myth. Yeah. Two center around my favorite city, of course, New York City. One is that you've heard too: alligators in the sewers.
0: Ah, yes, that is a famous one. Do you think, Kurt? That it was the alligator in the sewers myth that perhaps inspired the SNL skit years back of the land shark?
1: (laughs) I think it could. I think it could. But apparently there were hundreds of alligators. I'm sure. In the sewers. Yes. The other one also has to do with animals. You've been, of course, to Bryant Park in New York City, which until the early 1900s actually had a reservoir that they got their water from. Then went to a gross park, and now it's beautiful. You can ice skate and all this stuff. Anyway, it sits right behind the massive New York City Library on 42nd and 5th
0: Avenue.
1: Legend has it that the two huge lions that sit out front, if a virgin walks by, they will roar.
0: (laughs) So let me ask you this. Since you spent so much time in London back, apparently in 1985, What happens when a virgin walks past the three lions at Trafalgar Square?
1: (laughs) They do a barbershop quartet because they grab someone else to be your fourth.
0: Do you think the lions outside the New York Public Library have ever met the lions outside Trafalgar Square? No. Or do you think they descend from the same rock? I think they do. Kurt, I want to stick with London for a moment. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. This is not directly London, but this is England. And I'm here to talk to you about an urban legend that enveloped the Beatles in the late 1960s. I'm sure you know this one because this one is approaching Bigfoot and Loch Ness monster stature. For sure. So there's a myth that on November 9th, 1966, Paul McCartney actually died yeah. and was replaced by a look-alike. And if you go to the white album, which has revolution number nine on it, and apparently if you play revolution number nine backwards, you hear a message that says, What Kurt? Paul is dead. Exactly. And there was some disc jockey somewhere in America in the late sixties who actually tried this on air. According to him, it said, Turned me on, dead man. And that just took the myth to a whole nother level. But something I didn't know about this urban legend is that apparently at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, John Lennon apparently has a lyric that says, I buried Paul. So I don't know if the Beatles were playing into this whole thing to draw more attention as if more of the world's attention on them in the late 60s was even possible. But many people believe that Paul McCartney actually died in 66 and was replaced by a lookalike.
1: Yeah. And part of that reasoning or or facts behind it or what people gave as facts was, remember the Abbey Road, the most famous album cover probably ever in that was right around the time this rumor was happening or swirling fast. Paul is not wearing shoes and he's walking out of sync with the other Beatles.
0: Ah, And is that meant to communicate that he was dead?
1: Yep. He was up in the Astro Plains. Ooh, that's Van Morrison. That's a good song. So I'm going to
0: stick with music if that's okay. Yeah. Do you remember the Phil Collins song? Must have been from the 80s. In the air tonight?
1: I think so. I remember Susu Studio.
0: Yeah. And and that was from Genesis. And Paper Late. And I have no idea to this day what Paper Late means, or Susudio for that matter. So.
1: But paper whites are like flowers. You know, those white flowers people have, they're called paper whites.
0: Yeah, and the fact that one of the two words has is in common with the song title, I can see how that just completely opens up, solves that mystery.
1: It sounded like paper light, paper white. Paper late, L-A-T-E. Oh, well, you know why? Because Phil Collins was a newspaper boy when he was younger, and he was always getting drunk, and therefore he was always tardy with the papers. So he was called paper late. Paper late, paper late.
0: And that spawned a very popular Genesis song decades later. Well, another mystery solved right here on Smart Dribble by our investigative reporter, Kurt Schneider. I'm going to read you some of the lyrics from this song because it's, it, it feeds right into the urban legend about this song. Yeah. Well, if you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. Yes. I've seen your face before, my friend, but I don't know if you know who I am. Well, I was there and saw what you did. I saw it with my own two eyes. So you can wipe off that grin. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. And then I think there are some pretty amazing drum solos because Phil Collins, of course, was also a drummer. Mm -hmm. Uh I read you those lyrics because the urban legend around that song is that it was inspired by Phil Collins watching from a great distance a man drown. And even though there was another man nearby him, that bystander never offered to help and let the man drown. And everyone thought that this song was calling that guy out for letting the man drown. And the legend even goes as far as when Phil Collins is performing this song in concert, he actually singles out the guy in person so everyone can know what he did. So that sounds pretty. Out there
1: was the guy attending the concert.
0: In the urban legend, he so was he's
1: having a good time. He's in the mosh pit, and all of a sudden, they're like, "You did it! You yes, let the guy drown."
0: That's right. And so he was outed for having let this guy drown. However, my experience with music, which is limited, is that sometimes the lyrics are not that literal. So yeah. This is a fairly literal, literal take on the whole thing. I'm Ooh. surprised you didn't have a friend of a friend at that concert Kurt, who told you about this. <laughs>
1: Phil Collins was one of the drummers. You don't think a drummer as the lead vocalist. You think of Mick Jagger or Jim Morrison or Freddie Mercury. Guys who are not playing an instrument, they're sitting up there and they're the showman singing. But I think in Genesis, Phil Collins was the lead singer. Peter Gabriel, too, but but he was singing. But he's a drummer, sort of like the band Levon Helms, who was an amazing drummer, but also the singer. and. The inspiration for the best Elton John song ever, Levon.
0: Huh. Levon. It's a beautiful song. What is Levon about the song?
1: It's about a, it's about a relationship between a man and his son and a man not being fulfilled in his own, li- in his own life. He names his son Jesus because he likes the name. By the way, number two Elton John song, Mona Lisa and Mad Hatters, of course. So those are Boom. Done. Okay. We'll move on. Where does so, Benny
0: and the Jets make your list?
1: Not even close. So another urban legend that we all grew up on about music y'all, do with another British rocker. Do you remember the story about Rod Stewart?
0: <laughs> I hope you choose your words really carefully now, Kurt.
1: Urban legend had it. And I remember when I was first told the story, I was 12 and I was agog and aghast and astonished.
0: I think Rod Stewart was a gog, too.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Is it better if our listeners look this up for themselves, Kurt? All
1: all I'll say is that he passed. The legend was he passed out on stage in a concert. They had paramedics had to take him and pump his stomach.
0: I think we skated around that one. Okay.
1: well, let's skate around this urban myth. Do you remember Richard Gere? And in the 90s, he was. Of course, I remember Richard Gere. Yeah. Someone was trying to take him down. And I think one of the ways to take him down was to try to expose him because he was so beautiful and a gorgeous man and all these women liked him as a homosexual. So they said not that there's anything wrong with that. Of course not. But people were trying to discredit him at the time by saying this. And they said he was a deviant. And when he went to the hospital, probably the same hospital that Rod Stewart went to, they found jurgles. Okay,
0: okay, okay. All I know is that he he had pets you know that my mother listens to this podcast, (laughs) Kurt? This might be an old wives tale.
1: So like peeing on a jellyfish sting will get the sting out.
0: Yes, that is actually not true. But if you do want to have somebody pee on you, that would be one way to induce it.
1: (laughs) There's another thing. But you know what is true? If you're ever locked in a place and someone throws tear gas in and you have to survive. Take your shirt off, rip part of it into like a mask, pee on it, breathe through the mask, the pee, and that'll break down whatever it is you'll be able to escape.
0: There you have it. That was uh, brought to you by MacGyver, (laughs) which you can see on reruns, I'm sure, somewhere. There is a belief among many that if you swallow gum, it will stay in your stomach forever, much like the Twinkie would stay fresh in its packaging forever. But like the Twinkie story, it is not true. In fact, gum will pass through you in days, not weeks or months or forever, but days. So feel free to swallow your gum, Kurt, if that's what you feel compelled to do.
1: And what about like if you if you swallow pumpkin seeds, a pumpkin will start growing in your. So
0: no, that is true. That's definitely true. <laughs> uh, we hope you've enjoyed our discussion of urban legends. Kurt and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of Smart Drivel,
1: where we promise the drivel with a V, John. Promise the drivel. D-R-I-V-E-L, right? Yeah. And what else do we do? We hope for the smart. Give us some of your urban legends, urban myths, old wives tales. Please put it on our website. Put it on our Twitter account. We'll repost them. That's what we do.
0: We'll see you next week. Until then, we hope your life is filled with smart drivel. Ciao,
1: everyone. Bye-bye.